listening to the Root and Stem podcast, podcast exploring issues and stories in STEAM education. In this episode, we hear from Amanda Almond, a researcher and project coordinator at the University of Alberta. She shares her thoughts on the history of research in and on Indigenous communities and the more ethical approaches she uses. Amanda was also involved in creating an incredible augmented reality experience that serves as a beacon of Indigenous knowledge on the UAlberta campus. She tells us all about how it works and speaks on the learning and storytelling benefits of augmented reality. Amanda Almond, Nipsey Castle, Grand Prairie, Virginia. I am Amanda Almond, and I am from Grand Prairie. I am a project coordinator and matriarchal firekeeper at the University of Alberta. So I work on projects that engage Indigenous communities, um, largely urban at this time, uh, doing research that is of interest to communities um, with two-spirit folks at the moment. And also, I'm currently working on another project that is looking how to support Indigenous women in the academy. Previously, I've, I've done research working with um, newcomers to Canada or with uh, queer youth um, from all different backgrounds. But at this time, my focus has definitely has been working with Indigenous communities, which I love. We unfortunately have a painful history of research done on Indigenous communities rather than with or for. I think it's Linda Tehuai Smith who said research can be a dirty word to Indigenous people. So sometimes research was conducted that was more of interest to researchers rather than looking at the community's needs. It could have perpetuated stereotypes. Sometimes communities never heard back. I have family members that participated in research, never heard back what happened with the results and things things like that. So um, now really trying to do research um, by uh, that are research questions that are identified by the community, their needs and interests, what they want to explore and looking at ways that we can explore that together. By doing things with communities step by step, everything from do you want to do this project together and how can we do this together and what's the best way we can explore this question together, um, all the way through, I was recently presenting at a conference and I sent the folks, this is what I'm going to say at the conference. <laughs> I sent them a, like, a little bit of information about that, looking at my slides and things like that. Here's what I plan, how I plan to talk about what we've been doing together, um, inviting folks to come with me. So really it's doing things together, I think is the best way to try and um, keep everyone, it's both informed consent throughout the whole process and making decisions together. I have my master's in community engagement. So this is really, sometimes research can take place in a lab or it can take place by reviewing literature. And the community engagement was really conducting research uh, with communities. So I took courses that kind of looked at the spectrum of community engagement. I took courses, uh, community service learning and things like that. And this is here at the University of Alberta. And then um, I had an opportunity in one of my courses, it was uh, some pre-selected topics. And one of those was uh, creating a video on these Treaty 6 marker sculptures that we have uh, on campus here. And at the University of Alberta, there's, I believe, four of them on campus here in town. And um, I immediately was like, yes, 
I want to do that. That sounds so cool. I want to put my hand up right away. And it eventually involved to being a research assistant and then uh, doing my thesis, creating augmented reality, a process and content for the 2D6 marker sculptures. To give a brief overview of 3D, <laughs> a bit of a challenge, but they were agreements that were um, signed and in ceremony, and they were really about sharing the land. And so with the stories we're sharing at the Treaty 6 marker sculptures, we're really trying to emphasize that the treaties were about sharing the land. They were not about a transfer of the land, which some people believe is true. It was really about that. Um, if you go all the way back to, you know, the non-interference, the peace and friendship treaties, they were about sharing the land. So Treaty 6 is a territory where there was agreement. Um, some people will say um, that there was an agreement to share the land and then some people that there is a misunderstanding that it was a transfer of the land. So there are a number of treaties, a number of numbered treaties here in what we're currently calling Canada, as well as there are places of uh, land that have no treaties and those are unceded territory. Augmented reality is an overlay of digital information over your real world view or experience. So it's different than virtual reality. In virtual reality, you're wearing headphones, you might feel like you are on a roller coaster, for example. It really, it's a really substituting your environment in some way. So you think of a video game or something like that where everything you're seeing and hearing is a different environment. Augmented reality is just more of an overlay. Probably the most popular example would be Pokemon Go, where you're seeing the streets, you're seeing the park that you're in, but you're also seeing a Pokemon in that area as well. The We Are All Related AR project um, developed an AR storytelling process so that you could engage with knowledge keepers, storytellers, elders to co-create augmented reality stories. So this was done with Dr. Rob McMahon, who's here at the University of Alberta, Dr. Diane Janes, Dr. Diana Steinhauer, a knowledge keeper from Satellite Cree Nation, Stuart Steinhauer, who carved the Treaty 6 marker sculptures. He's a sculptor from Treaty 6... Uh, uh, or sorry, from Satellite Cree Nation as well. Uh, myself and a research assistant, Greg Wistan-Smith, who is studying digital humanities at the time. So we both co-created a process to co create these stories as part of the We Are All Related AR project. And then we also piloted it with a group of graduate students and then uh, created some educational resources to share the process with others. And it was a way of um, looking at Indigenous settler relations, both in co-creating the stories and in experiencing the stories as well. There is a website that you can go to. We chose not to do an app as apps um, require a lot of maintenance. So for example, every operating system update and things like that, it may require some tweaking. And so that if you don't have the app downloaded on your device, you can still go to it. So using a QR code, you can go to link and the link will ask for permission to use your GPS, use your camera, and then display the information. And the information we have at the Treaty 6 Marker Sculptures is uh, stories being shared by uh, Diana Steinhauer as a knowledge keeper. She has stories that she is holding and protecting for future generations and she shared them at the Treaty 6 marker sculptures. So when you are close to a sculpture, because the stories are made to be shared on Treaty 6 territory, the Treaty 6 marker sculptures are these gorgeous granite bear sculptures that really um, share and embody Cree knowledge. Some of them share the sweetgrass teachings, there's carvings of the Treaty 6 medallion and things like that. So 
when you're near one of these sculptures, you can go to the website. It will use your GPS to determine that you're at the appropriate location and it will share the videos with you. You'll actually see <laughs> floating around the bear um, kind of four large screens through your phone. And when you tap the screen, each one will tell a different story. Each bear has uh, two stories that are the same, a welcome story, as, a, well, as well as one about the oral understanding of treaty. And that will explain treaty much better than I did before. And as well, there's two unique stories at each site. And those uh, unique stories are so that if you want to visit more than one location, you can hear different stories at each one. One of the things augmented reality can do is tether that digital uh, information to present day locations. So you can build connections like you are on Treaty 6 territory through both exploring the sculpture and hearing the stories. Like the opportunity to hear stories from a knowledge keeper at a Treaty 6 marker sculpture is pretty unique. And these are also introductory stories. I never want to suggest it's meant to replace time with the knowledge keeper. It's not. But like, for example, one of the stories, Diane explains how to offer protocol to um, a knowledge keeper who accepts tobacco protocol, for example, so that you can do so respectfully. They're really meant to be a, a starting point for engagement or want to learn a little bit more. But it's a way that you can be, you know, in the middle of the city and hear stories from a knowledge keeper on Treaty 6 territory. So you can kind of, I believe it's David Gartner wrote that you can project an Indigenous presence onto highly colonized spaces. So that is one of the cool things AR can do. AR can do some pretty cool stuff um, as far as engaging uh, learning. And that was kind of one of the appeals of using AR is that it's kind of fun <laughs> to like go and see, you know, these stories floating in the air or see a Pokemon or something like that. Um, but I know educators have used it um, in different ways. I'm going to talk about our project first and have a couple more examples. So for us, there is both um, education in hearing the stories and experiencing them, but as well as co-creating the stories. When you are co-creating the stories, um, we designed a process so that folks can do so respectfully. And as I mentioned, we have um, open educational resource guidebooks. So everything from communication to protocol to how to engage respectfully, um, we kind of just very introductory again touch on topics like cultural appropriation and settler colonialism and things like that to kind of introduce topics for folks and then we provide resources for if they wanted to learn more about it later and then we have kind of a, a series of considerations for folks to consider as they go through it so looking at things like what's your story topic going to be what's your again your data governance going to be so some of these stories are holding cultural knowledge how do you take care of that and steward that appropriately um, how are you going to make sure that you're sharing the story appropriately and everything from or even editing like any editing we did we were approved by the knowledge keepers we worked with and we want to make sure folks are being respectful that way it's, it's all grounded in relationship building and consent so there's education there for some folks who um to do that process in a respectful and cultural way we also had ceremony as part of our process and that some folks may be doing that too um, you may want to offer protocol we can't tell you what your protocol is depends who you are and who you're working with but we do have reminders in there like you may need to offer protocol you need to find that out so in that way that is an educational experience and as far as ar itself it has been used to explore other uh, 
somewhat challenging topics as well. Someone created an AR tour of underground railroad sites out east. And as well, I know there was one um, paper I was reading where there was, um, they created about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory and tied it into current Labor Day practices by having students go around a park and go to different sites and learn about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory, the fire there. And there was one example too, and this is something that the AR really has the potential for. There was, a, I think it was in um, Philadelphia or nearby, there was a town that was founded by former slaves. And all that's left now is a field because no structures remain. But you can go to that site and they were building AR content so that you could see the structures there by using AR. You could overhear, you know, um, potential conversations what the sounds and sights might have been so it, again it's a place where you can be on a location and experience things um, that more than you can see at first glance let's say more than you can hear at first glance using AR to find out more about the location that you're at you can kind of um, tie in for sometimes you're tying unfamiliar knowledge to a familiar location which can be a shift in learning as well so it does have that potential to bring new experiences to a site beyond what is immediately observed digital literacy is important because again we have a way of creating our own content rather than people creating content <laughs> about us as well as digital literacy provides that critical thinking about the amount of information that we get online uh, when I think of digital literacy I think of just even basic things about who's telling our stories and how do we know if information that we see online is correct which are just really important skills and things to negotiate currently and when I think of data sovereignty it's really for a long time data was collected on us used for purposes that may or may not have benefited us we didn't always have control of it so when you think of things like the OCAP principles ownership control access and possession or even beyond that um, is the data benefiting our community this is the data that we're collecting of use to our community. Um, so I think those two go together. I imagine there is more of a focus on digital literacy and communities, but I think educators would be um, more aware of that landscape. One more item that I just think is important to talk about too is um, copyright. <laughs> when we talk about data sovereignty, we don't often, copyright sounds like a super boring topic, but when it comes to Indigenous knowledge, it's something to consider. So for example, the AR stories hold cultural content that is being held and stewarded by Diana for future generations. But by me making the recording and by you making, you making this recording, you have copyright. I had copyright. I did not want copyright of cultural knowledge. Copyright is really imperfect. It was made for individual creators. It doesn't work well for knowledge that's being held for future generations or has been, you know, since time immemorial kept and shared. But in some ways, we also want to be able to protect that knowledge from appropriation too. So this is something to think about when you're recording an elder or knowledge keeper. Again, you're stewarding some really important information and who's making decisions about that and 
protecting that? How is it being used? So for me, when I made the AR stories, I actually incorporated a copyright transfer process that was informed by colleagues as well as the Alberta First Nations Information Governance Center so that I transferred the AR stories immediately back to Stuart and Diana because I did not want copyright. I wanted to have it back to them. It is imperfect, but um, if we don't have some protections in place for some information, uh, it can be vulnerable to appropriation as well. For more knowledge and stories from STEAM professionals, check out the Root & Stem magazine at pingwa.com or more episodes of the Root & Stem podcast available to download on your streaming platform of choice.